My friendship with Scott goes back to before I moved to the West Coast. He's an artist and a programmer that made his name coding phenomenal generative artwork. His most well-known piece, titled Electric Sheep, started as a self-evolving algorithm, gaining traction in the motion graphics community before becoming a phenomena unto itself. Seeing the potential in crowdsourcing the processing that created the generative patterns, he created a system allowing users to vote on the individual characteristics of each pattern and allowed the most successful art pieces to mate with each other, creating offspring with similar traits based on that of its parents. In this way, Scott's art evolves and progresses with a life of its own. Today, I sat down with Scott in the offices of his new employer, Control Labs, a company working to bridge the human-computer divide with a new type of user input device that taps directly into the nerve impulses in a user's wrist. Doesn't get much more transhuman than that. Enjoy the episode. And thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem. Probably super slammed. <laughs> it's just the usual. Uh, no, it's a good time. Um, you know, uh, we just had Creative Tech Week, so I just did a bunch of stuff for that, including making some new artwork, which uh, I'm excited to talk about. That is a, a festival that's annual here in New York, and it's just all about um, creative technologies, so that includes stuff like I do, software art, generative art, algorithmic art, but also just electronic art, electronic music, video games, you know, web, computer stuff, film, video. Yeah. All just, um, and both the sort of indie artistic kind of stuff, but also the, um, you know, the advertising, experiential stuff, you know, there's a lot of <clears throat> sort of creative industry. Mm-hmm. In New York, and so the point of the festival is to, you know, bring those people together and give people a chance to show off and connect. And um, that's cool, man. There's so much uh, new media art that's happening in New York. It blows my mind mm-hmm. because it's it's orders of magnitude more than there is in the Bay Area. It seems. Um, but let's well, they're both they're both first. they're both players, um, and you know, and there's other stuff, other parts of the world too. Yeah. Let, let me introduce you real quick. This is Scott Draves, uh, creator of Electric Sheep, a good friend of mine for a long time, and uh, somebody I'm super stoked to, to talk to. All right. Thank you, Mr. Pope. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think uh, I typed your uh, name into my Gmail, which goes way back, and I saw that you were in my address book of when I first had my first smartphone, which was actually a sidekick. <laughs> if you remember, remember the sidekick? Yeah, I do, man. I do. Uh, I had one of those, and so I put, uh, you You were in the address book of that phone when I, like, emailed myself a CSV file. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out earlier today how we met, and I couldn't remember, because I remember when I moved to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. you hooked me up with, uh, what was that group, that dance group called? It was, um... Oh, jeez. Wasn't the Root Society. Was it the Rhythm Society? Rhythm Society. Ah, yeah, uh, yes. Rhythm Society. And you connected me with, uh... Was it Christopher Sharp, Who I just interviewed. Okay. Actually. And, uh, I think my first experience in the Bay Area was going to a Rhythm Society, uh, festival. You know, like their year-end festival. Yeah. And well, they, they do what they have. I mean, they have four events per year, including a New Year's Eve. Yeah. I don't know which one, uh... That's awesome. Talk about a long time ago. Those guys are while they're still touring. Uh huh. 
Um, yeah, what's Chris up to? I mean, he makes incredible stuff. Last time I remember, it was like huge sculptural Burning Man style Just warehouse still stuff. Doing big sculptural <laughs> Burning Man <laughs> warehouse style stuff. Hey, guess what? Well, I'm still doing the Electric Sheep. It's been that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good though. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I think that the only way to make something successful is to push on it for a good long time, and that's how you become known for something. That's how something gets off the ground. It's um, it's true. It it takes a lot. It's a, well, it definitely took me a long time. Um, you know, it does. Uh, some people get lucky or are total geniuses, and you know, find a shortcut. Who knows? But in my case, it was. I think it's called investment. <laughs> when, when investment happens, that, that's the shortcut, right? But like, there's one, yeah, money. Um, but it, in in my case, it was uh, persistence and um, and luck, really. You know, so I started Electric Sheep in 1999, wow. which is 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years. Um, it's It was actually <clears throat> the very first version I wrote in like just a week. I guess I was in between jobs. I had like just moved to San Francisco and I think like I took one week to do nothing one week to write the first electric sheep version and then like in one, in one week I like went to Burning Man it was like <laughs> I mean you know those two things have to go hand in hand <laughs> but let's let's just uh, let's remind people what electric sheep is or tell people who don't know it's, um, it's a generative um, visual algorithm that That's right. You packaged as a screensaver, but in, like really, it's generative visuals um, based on an algorithm which you wrote. Even further, even that even predates Electric Sheep. That's even older, and I'll I'll tell that story too. But yeah, the Electric Sheep is a infinite animation that's created with the collective intelligence of the internet. And by collective intelligence, I mean thousands of computers and thousands of people working together. It's really these days. It's you would the most accurate term for it is artificial intelligence, since. Um, so Electric Sheep uses um, computer learning. Machine learning. Machine yeah, learning? totally. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought it was just... Well, I knew that it was a um, distributed processing load. There's that, which is part of it, but there's a whole... There's an AI learning part as well. And so... Um, so the distributed part is based on this rendering algorithm. And so really, to, to, to understand it or to explain it, I have to go back to the, to the fundamental generative algorithm. Let's go back. The flame, the flame algorithm, um, which is actually the, it's is um, really the uh, my first official like artwork, and as and as far as I know, is the first um, open source artwork. Interesting. So you you developed it as a, and what was it? Just like an it's, open source it's a, toolkit. It's a, it's, a, it's a it's a piece of code, and it's a it's a rendering a render engine that. Uh, to find a visual language mm -hmm. and so it was um, and it, it's the algorithm is kind of a combination between a particle system and a fractal I was just gonna bring that up because it looks very fractal you know it yeah. looks reminiscent of fractal but it's it is. after you know now after being or having played with a number of particle generators you can see how uh, 
Yeah, it is a particle generator. It's also, yeah, and so and because because it has the aspect because it has the particle aspect. So it's you know the fractals that most people are most familiar with are like called like Mandelbrot fractals or Julia fractals, this kind of thing. To- totally different algorithm. Um, those are those, those do not have like a particle system. The way those things work is essentially you you just loop over all the pixels on the screen, and for every pixel you run this iteration. And you do you do this math, and based on the answer, you draw the color, and then you you fill up the screen, and you get a picture, and it looks like a fractal. Right. And that's just different from how the flame algorithm works, which is a whole different sort of category of 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 things. Essentially, you instead of looping over the pixels, you just have a loop that generates particles. And the particles, each particle lands like somewhere on the screen. Right. And then you have to, um, and then there's a little bit of extra work to sort of shade the particles and make the image out out of them. Now, was this, this was all like pre-open frameworks? Oh yeah, this was, I started working on it in the 80s. Wow. Yeah, so and way before all that. What'd you write it in? Just see. And so straight it's, it's straight C. Yeah, it predates. I mean, C plus plus didn't even exist, um, and it yeah it doesn't doesn't use OpenGL, doesn't like use the frame buffer, doesn't work with like lines or polygons or circles or geometry or anything like that. Yeah. And so and really that was kind of the idea is I would, what I was trying to do was to get beyond the lines and the polygons and the the the, the, the geometry. That's our, that is our normal visual language of computer graphics. Well, did that even exist as a as a framework back then? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the the standard graphics languages, you know, like GL existed at that time. It wasn't called OpenGL in the eighties. Absolutely. Wow, interesting. I thought that was a relatively modern, as in in the last fifteen years, phenomena. Nope. So uh, it, that GL came from a company called SGI. And it was like the SGI workstation. The SGI, SGI. yeah, totally. And it just uh, eventually OGL, which was their graphics language, turned in you know got turned into OpenGL and and what you know had its own uh, had its own life. But you know even before GL, just like every computer, like going back to the you know the '60s, as soon as, soon as um, you know they had raster screens. Yeah, they had you know like. Uh, graphics APIs that and the way graph you know like the like the original Mac or you know uh, you know you had a graphics API where you could draw a line you could draw a polygon you could draw a rectangle you could clear the screen you could write text you know those, those were the things you could do and you know I and I did all those things I did that stuff I did that kind of computer graphics for years and I found uh, I wanted to go beyond that <laughs> and so Basically, I was, um, there were two sort of two things going on. One thing is I thought that the normal computer graphics was kind of like hard and mechanical. And like, I was, I was interested in like the real, the real world, like nature, life, like fluid dynamics, fluid, the subtlety, the shading, the, you know, like. Cur- cur- curvy, curvy, wiggly, undefined lines, shapes, you know, like, al- like, you know, algae or whatever. It's like furry, right? Sure. 
mimicking and, nature. Right. And so I wanted to come up with a computer graphics that could, you know, reproduce that kind of subtlety, like like the you know, like the brush strokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brush strokes. So it's it's not it's you can there's some like uh, texture there. There's like some some meat. Um, so that was that was that was one of my objectives. And the other one um, was to come up with something which um, was basically just not boring to me. Yeah. And by and I I mean I mean a particular thing by that which is. You know, when I was a kid and I learned, you know, to program pretty much just sitting at home, you know, I was just by myself in the dark with a computer and trying to, uh, writing programs and, you know, running them and drawing like, you know, lines and polygons. Yeah. I feel like this is the origin story of every, like, every, uh, computer scientist. That's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I remember the... Very, very clearly, some of the first programs I wrote was like, you know, in BASIC on the Apple II computer, which is what I had. Yeah. You know, line 10, right? You know, I equals zero. Line 20, print I. Mm -hmm. Line 30, I equals I plus one. You know, line 40, go to 20. It was like a souped up graphing calculator. So it just, well, it just, no, it just, it just looped and printed numbers. And what it, so zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, right? Right? And then as, and then the screen would like scroll down as it like filled with numbers, right? Yeah. And then like, as the numbers got longer, like they would sort of like make patterns and like change and it would like basically make an, an like an animation on the screen. Yeah. So it's literally like with four lines of code, you could make an animation. Right. But, you know, but it was kind of got boring. Like it, was it was ASCII art. <laughs> yeah, it was, exactly. It was ASCII art. Yeah. That was like the very, very, very beginning. And, you know, after about five seconds or 10 seconds that you watch that thing, you basically, you, you can see the patterns and it kind of gets boring. Right? Yeah. And then pretty soon it's just like numbers scrolling on the screen. Like after, you know, you after a while it's just not you've, you've, you're done so um, I would try to come up with like a more you know like so if you think of you know so like whatever I would like do spirograph I would like you know draw random lines or you know like all, all kinds of stuff and I was trying to like come up you know like if you think of the computer as just like doing what you say then why would it ever why would the result ever surprise you you know what I mean? Sure. And why would it? Why would it be? Uh, there's no drama, sure. right? So in, in a story, there has to be drama, right? And well, this is when it gets into like advanced mathematics, where it's like it's not such a predictable outcome. That's right. And so the first step to making a program that's not boring is is just put in some random numbers, mm -hmm. right? And but if you do that, like. Um, it produces some variety, and if you're lucky, then the results actually might be aesthetic also. You know, like, if you draw 10 random lines on the screen, every once in a while, those 10 lines are gonna sort of like, just by chance, are gonna like, look like something cool, sure. right? You're gonna say like, oh, that looks like, well then, that's the Mona Lisa's face, or that's the formula then, because electric sheep, it has a look, it has an aesthetic. Uh-huh. Well, we'll get to that. Um, so, but this was a, there's a, it's a, it was a long, it was a long process. And so this idea that you can use randomness, uh, and, and the computer can 
like make a cool picture that has some aesthetic. But it's, it's basically, it's just not very often. Sure. Well, if you're just shooting in the dark. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So how can, so then I was like, well, how can I write a program that, you know, basically gets lucky all the time? Right. Never miss it. You know what I mean? That's never. (laughs) Yes. Never miss. Or or like, you know, like instead of 1%, can it be 10%? Can it be 20%? Can it be 50%? Can it be 90%? Sure. You're looking for that, that. Yeah. Like every, every, even a creative person is going to screw up sometimes. You need that formula or that, that it's an aesthetic, it's a style. Yeah. It's a mathematical style. Well, you need a language and a language that can, you know, express things that are aesthetic. Yeah. And so, um, and I found, you know, language was the way that I could sort of cross over from sort of the finite to the infinite. Mm. And by that, I mean like, you know, like writing program, like if I show you pictures, if I give you an algorithm and it's always sort of doing stuff that's kind of the same, um, that's, you know, it's, it's finite. Well, it gets very repetitive. Right. Or formulaic. And so, you know, if, if I can generate like random sentences of even a finite number of with a finite number of words, I can create an infinite number of sentences. Well, it's that that, that paradigm with the monkey and uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Every once in a while, if the if the monkey is totally random, every every once in a long while he'll get lucky. Sure. But if we give him a keyboard that's sort of like locked down, so that he can only type grammatical sentences. Right. And he's basically doing, you know, like uh, what's the thing where you write in the words in pick a pick a word adventure or whatever. Like uh, hangman? No, not something. <laughs> Sudoku? That's numbers. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, you 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 can you can rig it up so that the uh, you know if the, you can make it so that the monkey can only type grammatical sentences. Yeah, yeah. It's you, like multiple choice. You really. can guide their you can exactly. guide their aesthetic evolution. Right, and then the chances of the monkey typing something interesting interesting goes way up. Right. Right? So you just lock down your formula, or you learned how to lock down your formula. That's right. And I designed a language where basically it's easy to say beautiful things. Yeah. Right. And that was the, that was the flame algorithm. Interesting. And it, so it is, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a set of, a, it's, 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 and the algorithm that solves it is, it has to solve a mathematical equation. And like I said, the way it draws the images, is not based on like normal computer graphics. It's not based on normal fractals. It's based on running this sort of simulation, generating like zillions of particles. And then it has like a, a shading algorithm and a coloring algorithm to like make the final image. And it's, it's, you know, uh, it's just really, it just takes a lot of time to generate a lot of particles. Yeah. And And that's very, very processor intensive. Very processor intensive. It's like, so in regular, the typical images in the electric sheep now are like 10 billion particles. Sure. And way beyond real time computation. That's right. And so it takes, you know, uh, at least 10 minutes, maybe, you know, on a, on a, low-end old PC when like years ago I used to say an hour mm-hmm. these days it's actually less because yeah. everything is fast but uh, it's it's like a yeah far 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 from real time and um, and so you know so in the mid 90s so I think that uh, I, pu- I published you know I did a series of I've been working on this algorithm for years since I was a, an undergrad I kind of like I got 
And eventually I was out in um, Japan, actually. I was just in Tokyo. It's such a cool country. Yeah. And it was, that's where um, I finally uh, made the first version of this flame algorithm. It was like 1991 in the summer in Tokyo. And, and the, the way it happened is I had, basically I had access, I was working in this, this lab and uh, I had access to an SGI supercomputer and it was basically unused. Well, shit. And so, <laughs> what is a young scuffling to do? So this thing was like sort of my like I don't know telescope that allowed me to like re- go into the the future. And so I had been uh, working with this equation for years and always sort of like had made kind of like approximations. Yeah. In order to like get an answer to get an image in a reasonable amount of time. And so for the first time, I just said, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to accumulate all the data and just come up with not an exact solution but a stochastically correct solution Mm. and um, it was able the supercomputer was able to do that in a reasonable amount of time and the results were uh, amazing something new something that I had never seen before something that nobody had ever seen before so you're just like watching this thing draw your your output raster line by line, or no? It does it doesn't work that way because it, that's it doesn't draw line by line. It, yeah, it, it, it computes the image holographically, mm-hmm. like all of, it computes the image all at once. Interesting. And so I guess I could have make I could make it like write sort of partial results or something like that, but basically it just it's a command line tool. It just you just run, it just runs for like you know however many minutes or hours, and then it writes out a PNG. Man, it's You're done. that was the era of like <laughs> like the mainframe. It, it's yeah, such it a cool paradigm. It's a paradigm that I completely missed out on. You know, <laughs> I'm so curious now because I am a visual artist. You know, it's like how do the tools work back in the day? It's not like uh, woodworking where you know you still have a chisel. It's just like an updated version of a chisel. It's like mm-hmm. we don't even have the equivalent of an SGI workstation that had its own OS, that had its own protocols, its own workflow, and that's gone. You know, it's 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 gone, but it it's not too different from. Well, it's evolved. It, what you know, like I'm still I'm over my desk over there. There's like a, a terminal with like a Linux and in the in the cloud. Yeah, it's it's not too different. It's it's still it's still a command line. It's still it's still Unix. Now is that how you still, interfaced with an SGI workstation yep. through command line? Yeah, I mean it had it had a it had a GUI. It had a Windows system. Yeah, but the the main work. I mean, I've always been a, you know, text editor mm-hmm. um, guy for for programming. Yeah, and that's and that's how that's how it was done. Um, yes, but so but so basically, it, it made the images you know unlike anything anybody's ever seen. And um, I mean, I just sort of was doing it for my own entertainment. I mean, it was it was uh, I've, eventually I showed my um, Andy Whitkin, my PhD advisor at that time. And he was like, wow, these are great. You should submit them to like this art competition, the, the Prius Electronica, which he had actually just like won a prize from mm-hmm. the previous year. And so, I mean, I didn't really think of myself as an artist. I didn't think I was making art. I was, this was like um, for my own uh, curiosity. And so on his suggestion, I, I uh, 
you know, did the submission, which meant actually using a, you know, a 35 millimeter film camera and taking pictures of the screen and making slides and <laughs> putting them in a big envelope and sending them to Austria. Right. Along with, a, you know, a couple of essays. That's like an ironic finish to like the <laughs> ultimate digital uh, <laughs> expression. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it basically, it, it got a prize. And so I was like, holy shit, this is like, other people care. Sure. Right. And yeah, yeah. and this this is art. Right. That's so. a good feeling when you realize like you're wow I did I did a thing. People, yeah. People appreciate this. So are you trained as a mathematician? Is that what you went to school for? Yeah. Yeah. Math and and then I got another degree in computer science. I was wondering that. That was one of the questions that I wanted to ask you because so much of what you do is uh is math. Yeah. But you just create beautiful math. That's what I do. Yeah. Um and um but you know. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's mostly math that is expressed through programming. Well, I mean that's so computers. The, you know everything. The modern a, expression of math. Yeah, every, every, everything. Ultimately, everything a computer does is math. It can be reduced to you know ones and zeros. And uh, but on the other hand, the experience of doing math is very different from the or though I should say the, the 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 profession of mathematics is very different from the profession of like software engineering which is really how I more think of myself I don't They're cousins think, I don't think of myself as a mathematician I do think of myself as using math yeah um, I don't know if I ever really had much of a mathematical invention you know well, I mean? no, I think, honestly, man, I think that electric sheep is a mathematical invention, and it's a noteworthy mathematical invention. And I was, I was actually reading through your oh, Wikipedia you. page, and uh, you also did something with, like, image collaging. I did. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's another the, example. F- f- the fuse algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that at some point. But, uh, sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's what you're doing is... Uh, beautiful mathematics and that's really cool it's uh, all generative visuals I've always been fascinated by them um, because I am also like my aesthetic is very natural I'm Mm -hmm. drawn to that aesthetic and that's that's how you derive that's how you explain nature that's how you describe nature is through uh, Mm -hmm. through math yeah, well, I mean, I it, can't it, do that. Prov- it provides us, you know, I mean, a lot of sort of technology is, is not very humanistic. And so putting a, a little bit of this kind of soft stuff, yeah. you know, the softness of nature in, into the computer, I think, makes it um, make, is makes it attractive to people or it gives people something worth responding to. Yeah. Um, but it does have a price, which is, you know, rendering these kinds of images is super expensive. And so, computationally. Computationally. Yes. And so for a long time, so after I first made the algorithm, you know, I put it online. And, um, and so this was like uh, early 90s when sort of it became like, the, you know, the first open source artwork. But I wasn't really, you know, I, I was getting some code contributions. Um, and then like, but the things, it was moving very, the project was moving very slowly. Things just didn't happen that fast back then. Well, I mean, I'm sure the open source movement was much smaller. Exactly. And it wasn't sort of, things weren't online so much. There was no, like, GitHub. There was no, right. Like, it's hard, it's hard to Talk just, about, like, a revolution. I know. Like, it's, GitHub, there, man. It's there like was no Facebook. Google. There was no fucking Google. Uh, do you remember Alta Vista? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, so it was, so things were, things were, uh, so, but, it, but it, there are a couple things happened 
And so I made like uh, plugins for like uh, After Effects. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. See, that's when I came into that world. Yeah. I came in through the lens of like the motion graphics packages. And that's, right. I've seen a lot of artists kind of uh, do comparable, like similar, there people who are on the same path as you are go through like touch designer, for uh-huh. example, or max MSP right. to a lesser degree. And, you know, uh, 3d studio max or nuke, you know, it's like these packages kind of allow you to create iterative work, but from a much higher level. Yeah. So now there's, you know, things that these whole applications and frameworks that do uh, create an environment where you just can with a few lines of code or not even code man we're talking like about modules. dragging and dropping yeah. it's all modules I mean some of it's code like some of it is code yeah, and like it, the uh, yeah there's not that much difference between code and modules you know it's just like it's a different way of uh, looking at it's the same programming. it's just data structures underneath um, but the uh, yeah so when it was so after effects so put making it the, this algorithm accessible to After Effects was totally transformative, right? Because all these uh, new people who weren't like command line people, yeah, could then access it, right, and do stuff. And so I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize. Actually, maybe I did realize. You're reminding me that it was called Flame, right? AE Flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, man. I remember that After Effects plugin. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is Scott's work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. So that was the first kind of, like, release of Flame? Well, I mean, it was it was released before as, like, a, co- a command line program like, right. on my website that, like, nobody used. Right. Well, After Effects <laughs> is definitely a great gateway to... <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened was, I mean, I don't know, somewhere around, um, yeah, somewhere around 99, eventually, I got in the mail a VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> and um, I played it, and it was an animation, you know, made with... Um, the the flame algorithm, um, and it was by and I I, I, I I forget who did it, which is really embarrassing. It's just been too long, but they um, you know like some effects house, some VFX studio had you know some of the guys had done some after hours work basically. Yeah. And you know they have a render farm. They they put it to work. Right. You know like I didn't have I didn't have a render farm. Like I, I wasn't able to make. That kind of animation. Yeah, and it was limit. The limitation was the processing power because of the processing power. And so I watched this thing and I was blown away. I was like, "Wow, I wish I could do that." And actually, uh, but it really like basically at the same time, there was um, a release of the first distributed um, screensaver, which was SETI at home. See, that's where, that's the first time I became aware of, uh, um, like, collaborative computation. Right. It was through uh, folding at home. Do you remember folding sure. at home? It was like gene, like protein folding. Sure. And then uh, SETI at home. I actually... I, SETI was the, by far the first. Was so, it really? Yeah. So yeah. That, or maybe, I mean, I mean, so like, uh, it was 99. It was released in spring of 99. And I had like just heard about it, and so I just put a, put these. I just put two and two together, 
excuse me, and said, oh my gosh, like, um, you know, I can, instead of searching for alien signals, I can bring these animations to life. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> And so, uh, so that was that was the first version of Electric Sheep, and it just it started to um, you know grow and evolve because it was it was open source. I would get contributions and improvements from the public, and one of the really big objectives of sort of my artwork is to find like a way to um, to get something that, like I said, that something that surprises me to to exceed myself. To yeah, like, for right? sure. And so well, then it's like becoming a living organism almost. It's like yeah, and, and giving so, well, birth to this formula, it's gonna go out there and it's gonna generate Yeah, and so so part of in the in the nineties as I was sort of like studying information theory and artificial intelligence, I sort of that's when I sort of came upon my like concept, which is I'm trying to sort of create life in digital form, like artificial intelligence or artificial life and sort of my objective uh, was really uh, was right there was to create a life form outside myself yeah or like a, an evolving that, that could be yeah that that could independently be creative and you know to there's some I think I've had some degree of success like it's not creative like a real person it's not like conscious and intelligent like we are right it's just but it's got a little thing I see I do see like some kind of spark and I've definitely seen the electric sheep like do things that I didn't understand and that I didn't put there. Well, let's go into that for a second because I'm, I'm, I want to understand better how does electric sheep, um, is it like a, a self-learning thing? Does it refine itself or does it, does it um, refine itself through iterations? It refines itself through uh, user feedback. Okay, right, because people vote on what's good and what's bad. Exactly. Man, this is like the original, this is, people argue that that's what, like, Facebook is like this symbiotic life form. Yeah. That's basically using our likes, our feedback in order to refine uh, the bullshit it's throwing at you, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you could say there's lots of, you know, Reddit or whatever was one of the first yeah. online communities with the voting thing. Yeah, yeah. So this was um, not in the very first version of Electric Sheep, so not in 99, but I think um, maybe a year or two later. I don't remember when I put in the voting feedback. But basically, uh, so yeah, so anyway, so the distributed computing thing, so the, that means that all the computers that are running the screensaver are working together as a supercomputer to render the animations. Basically, each PC renders one frame and uploads the frames and the server collects all the frames bad, and compresses uh, them into video. All the clients download the videos and show them on the screen. Yeah. So that's how it's possible to um, have this sort of collective hallucination, even though every single, and as you're watching that video, those bits, those images are actually coming from the whole internet wide. Not in real time though. Not in real time, but they were computed by you know, right. every, everybody, as, as you watch it, you're watching a group work or whatever. Sure. So no one pattern was done by one computer. It was, uh, the well, it's the kind of like, effort. it's more like one, one frame. That's right. No one sheep was done by one person. 
But it, it is, is kind of called, like, they're called sheep. Like each each, each design is a sheep. Nice. Because <laughs> <That's right. laughs> each one has a genetic code. Yeah. And that's where the evolution comes in, and that's where the voting comes in. So the distributed computing thing that just describes the rendering algorithm. Yeah. That doesn't describe the design algorithm, which is sort of harder and sort of more important. So how many variables are involved in? in like the algorithm for example um your voting system is voting up and down on parameters how many parameters are there in a sheep or in the system yeah i mean it's basically thousands really so it's it's a a massive number of of sliders that you could be tweaking that's right yeah and they they don't it's not like a fixed list either it's kind of Mm open-ended and that's why i call it a language Interesting. And so it's, it's probably not a language where you could write a novel. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, it is, but it is, like I said, if you think about it as like... It would be thousand, a good-looking novel. <laughs> well, you know, it's like thousands of numbers, and each number is like a floating-point number. Yeah. You know, you know some, some, some of those numbers are not super exciting. Like, there's a palette, right? Uh-huh. So that's... 768 numbers. Yeah, it's just right? your RGB palette. RGB palette times 256. Right. So, you know, uh, so, so in some sense, like a thousand knobs is just the color, right? Right, yeah. It's not too, but there's a, but then there's the one, there's a bunch of knobs for like the, the parameters of the equations and the iterations, and those are the ones that are kind of like structural or that, that are interesting. And there's, there's thousands of them also. But you know, if you put it, if you put it together, it's like, you know, the amount of the, just the number of bits is, you know, enough for like just a couple pages. Sure. So it's kind of like maybe it's like a poem. Right. Right. It's not, it's not a novel, but it's like a haiku. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good way of putting it. I like that. So there's, there's some, there's some substance. You can say something, but it's like a mood. Right. It's, it's not like a whole, uh, and, how, but the, the problem is, you know, it's super unpredictable on how to adjust the knobs to like get what you want. But it turns out that's totally fine with me because I'm not the kind of artist who actually, the way I work is not, I don't have a vision that I'm trying to, to reproduce. Well, no, you've created a system. What I want, yeah, exactly. I want, the, I, want the system system, I want the system to come to me. Sure. And so, so there's two ways that that happens in the electric sheep. So, and one of them is the AI, which is this genetic algorithm, Darwinian evolution, where each parameter set basically each, you know, thousand numbers can produces one animation. Yeah. And then people vote on the animations. You know, they show up on everybody's screen. They get rendered by this distributed system. Is it just an up-down vote? People, people vote up-down. That's right. Um, and um, not everybody votes. A lot of people probably don't even know that you can vote. Yeah. You know, if you've, uh, but there's enough of them do that I get a clear signal. And then the more popular sheep mate with each other and reproduce. And so it does this with the genetic algorithm, which includes crossover, where it basically writes down the parameters in like a list, and then it kind of like takes some of these and some of these and some of these. Yeah. And so it, it has a child parameter set that has input from both parents. Sometimes there's like mutations, 
just flip stuff around randomly. So it's still using the genetics of both sheep. That's right. Right, but the, it the environment a, that the, the 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 evolutionary factor is the up down votes. The up down votes are what are what drive, are, are is how it chooses which sheep to to mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it's really like the look of electric sheep, the aesthetic of electric sheep is constantly evolving, even now. So is it running on like a server somewhere? Do you have like a central server that's doing that math? Yep. Yeah. And then basically farming out the computation work. That's right. And that's just been running for the past 20 years. That's right. (laughs) Nice. So I have a lot, uh, I have a big database, or I should say a bunch of databases of these images and animations and the, the genetic codes, the parameters. Have you noticed the change over time? I, you know, I don't know if it really has changed in any particular sort of character or sort of like organized way. Um, because people, what people want, people are really irrational and what they want changes over time. Yeah. And even, you know, like, and again, they get, even if you make something really cool and keep showing it to people, eventually they get bored and then they don't like it. So does that make sense? So of course. Well, that's what I mean. It's like so the, 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 the evolutionary sh- landscape changes over that's time. That's right. Like depending on who's looking, and you know, I'm sure that back ten years ago you had a whole different user base than you do now. That's right. But in, you know, in aggregate, people are not that different, and um, I don't know. You know, like the the basic things that's driving the life and death and the evolution are like things that are like obviously broken and ugly and stupid yeah. are the things that get voted down and die. Right. You know what I mean? And, and things that have like just bright colors and symmetric designs and you know, like the usual stuff that, that you know, have people have been responding to visually for hundreds of years. Sure. Are, are the things that are popular and people, people vote for. And what's re- one thing that's really interesting is those are that kind of aesthetic bright colors, highly symmetric. Um, it's kind of like the rave style, right? Rainbow swirls. Sure. Hearts. And yeah, yeah. Hearts and unicorns. <laughs> oh, my God. Is actually, is that kind of stuff is very popular in the electric sheep. <laughs> your, 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 your ultimate animation is just going to be like a, like a kitten face. <laughs> yeah. When, when a cat appears in the electric sheep, I know I'm done. Then what, we have to turn it off. Yeah, I was going to say, man, maybe like giving it over to the humans to vote on wasn't the best decision. <laughs> Well, the point I'm trying to make is that that's actually not my aesthetic. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that must be interesting to see how other people take it. Yeah, and so what? Ha- so at some point, so the the you know the electric sheep is such a long story, but what happened was it, it got um, popular, which is a good thing, but it's also a, a bad thing because it's you know uh, having thousands of people as your free render farm is great. Having thousands of computers downloading videos from your server is expensive. Right. So it's too bad Bitcoin didn't exist back then. <laughs> you could have just hashed some Bitcoin and paid, uh, for, your, <laughs> paid for your bandwidth. It might have worked. <laughs> um, I, well, at least I would have Bitcoins, whatever that's worth. Right. Um, but I, I didn't do that. Instead, I just tried to figure out how to like sort of monetize this and this was partly um, just an attempt to like make it sustainable 
You know, like basically if it's draining my bank account, it's just not going to At a certain point in time in every project when it starts to cost, yeah, it's yeah. either donations. There's right, donation no matter how cool it is, at some point you're like, what the fuck? Like, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, I have to choose between my kids going to college and... <laughs> a screensaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool screensaver, though, Scott. <laughs> you know, do I want healthcare or screensaver? Um, so, but there was also, you know, like, um, the big part of it was this theory of artificial life, and I wanted to make a... Uh, in order for something to be truly alive, I feel like it's, it has to... Uh, pay for itself otherwise it's you know not sustainable and then it's gonna die right right and so the equivalent you know our body has a respiratory system it has energy that flows with it we eat right and so in cyberspace in the virtual the virtual version of energy is money yeah I mean computation and bandwidth for oxygen. Right. And Both of those cost. Other, yeah. You have so there's, to trade there's, dollar there's, sort of, there's sort of a physics of the virtual world. <clears throat> and so I, I felt like it needed to have like uh, a, a resp like to uh, a, it needed a respiratory system. Sure. And um, so my first I, my first idea actually on how to sort of make a a business model for it so that it could pay for itself was the VJ to be of the VJ business. Yeah, because you you did VJ for uh, quite a while. That's that's how I met you, Scott. Yeah, that's how I met you. It's through the VJ scene. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. Do you know Toshi? Toshi who? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's how I know you then. Anyway, sorry. Sidetracked. But uh, <laughs> yes got to make this thing self-sustainable and um so the idea was okay the software is free i mean you know that was i guess a given yeah uh, what, and this is a, a, cl a classic problem what open source business models how do you right how can you make a living from open source right well geforce tried to charge for their screensaver and look what happened to that <laughs> what did happen to that i have no idea exactly <laughs> right i think i thought i think didn't that guy like end up working for microsoft and Getting, didn't I think get licensed into Xbox or something? Or I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean, he's, I hope uh, he did. I hope he did okay. I'm sure he did, man. He was uh, he was another talented generative artist. You know what yeah, I mean? absolutely. There was a and even before GeForce, there was a thing called Kathuga. Uh, I remember that. I remember Kathuga. by some Australian guy. Yeah, freak. I don't know him. I don't know the story behind that, but I definitely in my early VJing days, I downloaded that. Yeah. That was the inspiration. That's where GeForce got their basic algorithm. Cthulhu was the first one to do that sort of iterative um, blending of, of the image. Yeah, and then the Winamp, the Winamp plugin. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. That was the first time that I encountered generative visuals. Was through that Winamp, mm -hmm. that Winamp plugin, and there was all kinds of parameters that you could kind of tweak and play with and. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it, it seemed like that was all tied up with GeForce. Like maybe GeForce was like a part of that, or I think it came out of that. It was yeah. kind of the synthesis um, where the, he, he, you know, he basically just made a better version of that of stuff that was happening in that community. Um, but yeah, so there were there were people like there was shareware. People were charging, you know, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks for 
weird pieces of software. Right. I just didn't see that as a train it on floppy disks. Yeah, like I just I just felt like open source was like a better like there was something really good about open source. Yeah. And so I wanted to do that. And so I did well, the same like, the same way you're farming out your computational uh, load. With you, the, can, with you, the can copy, you, you can farm out some sort of development workload, yeah. Exactly. But even, you know, it's even better than that. And so what a super important thing I learned from open sourcing the flame algorithm wasn't that I got, like, free work done for me. And I, you know, there was some of that. But I mean, if, but there was something better that happens, which is people do things which you didn't even, was which wasn't even on your agenda. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, so it's, they, the, it's the creative load too, right? It's like all of a sudden right, you have like right. a, you like can a say creative that. share. That's right. And and so like, um, so from the flame algorithm, like I said, there there was the AE flame thing, um, which I did, but there was also, uh, eventually there was a, a guy, another Australian guy named Mark Townsend. Made I a thing know called that name. How do I know that name? Apophysis. Okay. Which was the a Windows port of the Flame algorithm with a GUI. Sure. So that you could design sort of fractal flames by turning all the knobs of all those parameters. Yeah. Which is not something I ever wanted to do. Like I'm just I'm not into it. I don't I don't do that. Yeah. But and so I didn't. So that wasn't my idea. Well, you kind of did that with the After Effects plugin. It's it's actually true. <laughs> that that's what gave me access to to playing around with your. Um, but I, I, n- I never, um, well, anyway, the, um, so, but it turned out, but there are a lot, but there are lots of people who want to do that. Yeah. And so I'd say more, is, more people want to do that true. than want to tweak a, you know, command line. For sure. But you know, with the electric sheep, no command line is required. I mean, you can, you can just I, play and watch. Right, right. Um, the ultimate. If you, you want to have control, if you don't want to watch yeah. TV. Right. It's, you know. So anyway, so the guy, um did something which was not on my agenda, which turned out, to, you know, which was hugely popular and brought, you know, even more people into the ecosystem than were there, you know, than, than, than I started with. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's the, the real sort of key to open source is this like um, mutational property, like his, his kind of version took it in a, in a direction that just allowed the whole thing to grow. Um, so that was, um, and then it got, and then we brought that into um, the electric sheep by, so I described the how the AI works by making designs based on um, voting and then the genetic algorithm. So this was, and the genetic algorithm is an AI technique, you know, like basically from the 80s kind of thing. It's like, um, it's not what the you know there's an AI revolution going on right now. Yeah, <clears throat> that's based on neural networks. So th- this was kind of like the previous, you know, uh, previous revolution. Yeah, I don't know enough about machine learning. I mean, I understand the basics, but I don't know enough about the the nuances to to make comparisons between the different uh, generations. Yeah. So anyway, it would, but it was. Um, um, it it, 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 it it does a lot of stuff. I mean, it, it's not as good at sort of like image processing and things like that. But it is capable of sort of cre- creative design. Sure. And, um, you know, I learned to use it for computer graphics from 
this guy, um, Carl Sims, especially. He did really amazing seminal work in um, generative graphics and especially using the, um, the, the genetic algorithm. Yeah, and in, in, at its core, uh, machine learning is all about like evolutionary code. Yeah, it, it seems like that's a that's how you have uh, an evolving uh-huh. code set. You know, it's like you. Have- well, it's one way to do it. I mean, there's so many generative techniques. Um, you know, uh, they don't all. I wouldn't. I would hesitate to uh, put that. That is one category of them. Let's say that. Um, Was that the previous generation, or is that how that? that began before I would say before the genetic algorithms I would say the AI generate there was a, a generation of AI that would you could call expert systems which was um, kind of what which and there were and there was generative computer art based on that technique describe also, that though how did what, how did that work so an expert system was based on the idea that you could like Take, no, take knowledge and encode it as a series of rules, like... Okay, so rule-based... Like rule yeah, yeah, if if probably, like, if-then rules or something like that, or, or heuristics. Which completely negates any kind of creativity. Um, well, it can be combined with um, random numbers, and so there, for example, there, if, if you... There was a computer artist who did a thing called Aaron, like the name A A R O N, they would basically draw portraits, huh. and it was a gener- generative art expert system, you know, sort of from the '70s and '80s. Um, that was, you know, quite famous. I mean, I'm sure, like every major newspaper and magazine, like wrote a story about it at, at some point. Um, so back in the '70s, when we were on the cusp of <laughs> of human level intelligence. <laughs> Um, you know, it was, um, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a thing. I mean, it was the best, I and mean, it was the best thing around, uh, at, at, in, in that day. That's cool how there's been, uh, throughout the, throughout the, the existence of, of computation, there's always been art that's based on that. It's true. You know, and like artists every, who are using those tools. That's a, that's a really good point is, um, you know, each, each technology sort of gets repurposed, uh, you know, for creative and artistic ends, because you know, I mean, expert systems were you know weren't developed to make art. They were you know developed to you know uh, satisfy the Department of Defense. And I think most modern art movements are based on repurposing of technology. Definitely, um, technology art. I mean, that's all based on the repurposing of uh, technology in creative it's true. ways. It's true. But I will say it has now um, gone both ways. Explain. So the neural, network, neural networks are enabled by GPU computation. Right. Interesting. And GPUs were yeah, yeah. developed for video games. Sure. Which is entertainment. Yeah, GPUs, GPUs, it's really fascinating what's happening with GPUs right now because they're basically, uh, they are the de facto platform for so many um, cutting edge types of computation. Right? That's what right. What are you talking about? Like 
like mining or large neural network systems, it's all GPU, right? And that's just massively multiprocessor. That, that's all it is. Well, it's it's a uh, it mimics the, the human brain. Exactly. Right? You don't need a single processor that runs at five gigahertz. You need a thousand or ten thousand processors that run at. 900 or you know whatever one gigahertz yeah, yeah. or less it's just it's about sure. the, the ability to write code that scales to the that number of yeah. processors data parallel yeah um so yeah and so the um the uh it's 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 it's, it's really interesting what's happened um and I think another thing that's also enabled it is really the uh, open source angle because all the um, the the neural net techniques are now all published is Python, in Python code, and you know there's test, you know open source libraries that implement all the the neural networks, and so because the the code is shared now, the field is uh, advancing really rapidly. Well, not to get too meta, but don't you think that like open source is an example of massively multi-processing uh, programming? It is. I mean, it's it's a way of taking that programming load and distributing it among many many processors. Yeah, totally. All the all all the people, all the developers, everybody having yeah. their own, everybody fixing the bugs, everybody having ideas on how to improve it. Why have ten programmers when you could have ten thousand? Yeah, and that is the true sort of kind of collective intelligence that I think is really going to sort of accelerate humanity into that kind of you know singularity thing. See, that's what future. I think. That's that is the main. There's a lot of problems being and there's uncovered. further there's for, and there's further. It's not the end of the story because you know. Uh, open source will be refined and exceeded and superseded and you know it opens the open source ecosystem the open source business models that we have today have huge problems that need to be fixed and you know like, well, it's a paradigm though right it's yeah. like not open source you've got you're limited by the, the the resources that a company can put into something open source you're limited by the popularity of an idea mm-hmm. right it's out of control. Um, well, it's, it's that's one of the main benefits of uh, you know everybody's. It is very apparent what uh, the 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 negative sides of the internet at this point. Like right. in this day and age, right? The internet is like, oh, right. It's not a utopian future. And that's and open source has some of these same problems. But open source is one of the few areas where it's like, okay, the ability for an infinite number of people to collaborate on a problem mm-hmm. that. Is uh, that is an example of the power of the internet and and that kind of information sharing? Yeah, and and I think think things like you know Bitcoin and other kinds of weird you know community communication mechanisms, and I don't really know what they are. Like, I think there are ways of evolving open source beyond what we have today that will sort of address things like fund funding open source. Yeah, and you know, uh, kind of like the the spam problems and the, the problem of, you know, tr- trolls and harassment and fake news and, you know, like all deep fakes, man. That's, that's the next frontier that's going to fuck this election. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, it's happening now. It's deep fakes are like on the cusp. Sure. I just saw Pelosi drunk on Reddit like today. Like deep fake Pelosi? 
I, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, who I, knows I, that? I, I didn't click on the link to confirm that it was made with uh, that it was a deep fake. But I mean, Adobe has a tool now. <laughs> it's like how more accessible can it be? Yeah, it's crazy, man. So, do you ever see yourself coming out with a real-time version of Sheep? Totally. I mean, I have a prototype. Do you? We did it. Because it's that's that's the wave, man. That's what's happening right now is real-time, uh, real-time motion graphics, right? Yeah. That's real-time generation. So a couple of years ago, you know, um, and I forget what the exact what the real instigation was, but I mean. You know, compared to even 20 years ago when the electric sheep started, computers are like, you know, a thousand times faster now. Yeah. And we've got the GPUs. Yeah. And so eventually I was like, you know, even though, um, you know, the, even, even with a GPU, I, I don't think I can do like 10 billion particles at 30 FPS. But you don't really need 10 billion particles to draw a picture. In fact, you know, even with just like a million particles, it can make a pretty nice image. I was gonna say, man, the the, the current generation of GPUs is pretty insane. And right. you know, I've been playing with uh, the GPUs of particle generators in the, the platforms that I use. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. It's like, it's almost like um, movies and cinema uh-huh. is going to merge with, with uh, VR and game engines like game engines are going to be the new yep. platforms that cinema is is created in that's right and you're going to like drop into a world that's generated in, in real time sure and you will participate in that and there will be characters that you it's so close to. it's so close man like looking at some of the real <clears throat> like some of the shit that comes out of the unreal engine <laughs> is unreal it's, <laughs> it's crazy yeah um I'm I'm not like a, a full on gamer, but I've. Uh, I'm not a gamer either, but I use the tools. Uh-huh. Like, the same tools are. Like, I have been dabbling in, in in VR stuff, you know, through through Control Labs, and um, um, but yeah, like I started to play with uh, basically a new version of the of the electric sheep, of the flame algorithm, that is real time, and where I basically I embraced. I went back to the geometry. Yeah. And I said, okay, like, uh, let's just, you know, draw the particles just like everybody like draws. I mean, the whole style of like dots and lines is everywhere now anyway. Yeah. So I said, like, just like, you know, back a, lo- a long time ago, it was innovative to go beyond dots and lines. Now it's like retro. So I'm just going to do it. So I so I did like a real time interactive audio responsive electric sheep. It's called Dots. It, ha- it hasn't really been released, but I've done a couple of shows. Well, send me a copy. I want to play with it. I won't release it. I just no, want to I'm play not, with it. I'm not gonna. I'm, no copies. No. <laughs> no <laughs> copies. God, Scott, I'm not gonna put it on the pirate bay. <laughs> it's just. It's just not. It's just not ready. Um, and especially because um, we're using it here at Control Labs now. And so some of the demos we're doing are real-time electric sheep, the dots, under control, under control of your neural networks. 
Man, dude, I really want to. I want to talk about that, but I I have to go meet my friends for dinner. Okay. Uh, next it's, next there's, there's podcast. Video, if you if you go if you go to the uh, if you go to the website, I think and look look around, you'll you'll find there's some videos online. Or Real if you quick t- though, Control Labs is using biofeedback picked up through your wrists. That's right. Well, I wouldn't call it. It's not. I don't even want to say anything because I don't know what's like what's secret sauce or not. But why don't I'll you t- describe? I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll describe it. Um, it's 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 basically Control Labs. We make a wristband that reads the uh, nerve signals that come from the muscles that control your hand, and then um, we decode decode them using neural nets, and then you can control basically anything in your computer. It's like keyboard 2.0. It's like the future of UI. That's that's the plan. And so the first thing we're targeting is the, you know, XR market, virtual reality. Makes so sense. that you can, in VR, you can see your hands and they look like your hands and they do what your hands are doing. Yeah. And you can control a user interface, you know, in, in VR. It's so fucking cool. Like so, the other day when we were watching that, uh, that drone be piloted by those right. guys with the... <laughs> It's crazy. This office is ridiculous. Uh, you know, thanks. Um, th- 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 thanks, Rob. Yeah, dude, this was really fun. But before we go, also, you are selling your electric sheep right now as a subscription model. That's right. So that was we never. I would, we started talking about the business model. The VJ thing didn't work out. It never does, honestly. <laughs> especially, especially, I know one VJ who has like made a career. <laughs> It was a great way to get invited to a lot of parties and a lot of fun. Fun way to spend your 20s. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's not super profitable. And the bottom line is the club industry is a I fucking think, nightmare. Yeah, who wants to spend their time in nightclubs? Dr- drugs and alcohol is not my... Uh, I mean, if you're participating, it's fun for a couple nights. But if you are, if you have to be working at a club and sober, not so much. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that... That business model passed, and then I was like, I asked myself the question, you know, where are the visuals respected? Where do I really, you know, because in, in the club scene, it's all about the DJ. Yes, it is. Um, they show up with a box of records. I have to bring the fucking spe- the projector. Right. Anyway, I don't want to even. Th- I don't even want to talk about it. You know? <laughs> it's traumatic memories. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know, basically the answer is where are the visuals respected? The answer is it's art. Yeah. And so then that's when I started to make high end art out of the electric sheep. And so and this that's when I want to return to that aesthetic question. When I started making high-end art, like high-def animation with the electric sheep, I was not using the most popular winners of the genetic algorithm because those are the rainbow unicorns. Right. So I would pick my favorites. You're the curator. I was the curator. Yeah. So it was my personalist, my personal favorites created by the AI picked by me but the AI of course is working based on human feedback and also human designed and uploaded things so we went beyond merely AI Darwinian evolution we added in intelligent design <laughs> which by whoa dude <laughs> which I mean which by that I mean that apophysis program remember yeah so there's a whole community of people who use the GUI the apophysis GUI and Apophysis has now spawned more competitors. The one, the best one out there is called Chaotica. 
I think I've heard of that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the, the latest and greatest true flame algorithm. I thought we were getting fundamental there for a second. <laughs> Um, and um, so peep, 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 there's people, uh, there's a community of people who make their own designs, human human designs, not AI designs, and then upload them to the Electric Sheep server. Do they get mated and And then up? if they're popular, they, right. they join in, they're part of the gene pool. Then it's uh, natural selection all the right. way. So, um, so it's, yeah, so there's many layers of, of human, you know, so that's why I say collective intelligence. There's like contributions from me, from the community, from the software, from the AI, from the history. It's like the final result is just like, you know, every, it's just like a little bit of everything. So it's like collective intelligence. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's cool, really man. the sort man, of the way man AI merging with machines. Yeah. I'm I mean, convinced that's, that's the way of the future. I am. It's got to be too. a hybrid. Me too. I mean, it's the best of both worlds. Um, we we each each uh, you know each uh, domain has its uh, strengths, and together we're you know we're greater than the some of the parts. Right. Um, cool. Well, where do they find your software? So the, you can go to electricsheep.org. That's the place to get the electric sheep. I do want to show you. I know we're running out of time, but I'll show you. I told you I have a new artwork. Yeah. So the electric sheep is free and open source, um, but you can pay 20 bucks and get what I, what I call the gold premium version of the electric sheep, which is high def. Yep. And looks looks better. And if you want Is it literally just higher resolution it's, sheep? It's, it's higher resolution in time and space, so more, more pixels. Right. Well, I got a 4K display, so... Yeah, well, it's not, it's not <laughs> I'll, 4K. I'll plop that 20 bucks down. <laughs> um... Please, and I'll, I'll show you though that. Um, let me just go back. So I, I did do the next level thing, which then though is, if you're really into, I wanted to make a physical object to deliver the electric sheep, and so th and this is what I came up uh, with. Yeah, you were telling me about this. Yeah, so here, here, here it is. I'll put a link to this on our, or I'll put an image of this on the I can send you, I can send you this you can put an image of this there is no link to this because I haven't put it on the website yet yeah. well take some take is, some like brand like new. framed up shots dude I'll put them on the site that'd be awesome that's beautiful man yeah I'm about God, these patterns are so trippy Jesus Christ I haven't I haven't looked at electric sheep in literally five years man <laughs> oh my god well get get the gold version yeah yeah it's so gorgeous. I just want to like literally. I want to put this on a screen on my wall, uh -huh. <laughs> as like a moving like. But this is this is this is like you know this is like a ten inch LCD with like custom water jet cut aluminum. It's like you can't see. There's like all, all it all holds together. Um, you can either put it on a table or hang it on the wall. Yeah, it's sexy looking, man. It's a good. That's a nice presentation. And it co it comes totally loaded with like a perfectly. A perfect data. Why do you have the microcontroller like right up there in? Yeah, that's an interesting aesthetic decision. Yes. Fred. <laughs> yeah. So most people would hide it and just yeah, put, yeah. It, put it put it behind there. I I put it up there to make this um, look like it's a, a figure. This is this, this is the head. Yeah, yeah. This is the body. Right. It's these are these are the robots AIs come to humanity. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's supposed to... That is the electric sheep. Yeah, that is the... Exactly. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, and the electric sheep is really like a... I don't know. These are the emissaries uh, from this AI world, from the singularity in our future to, to us here. Yeah. And, you know, the electric sheep is this sort of message of 
love, really, from mathematics well, to it's, us. It's definitely the, the most beautiful math I've ever seen. I'll give it that. And it's it's brilliant. You're a genius, dude. Oh, dude, 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 you're too kind. Thank you. All right, man. Well, I'm going to cut it. Cut but, it. Uh, thanks a lot. <laughs>